0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Borellis. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. it up.
1: Hi, Jason.
2: Hi, Samantha Don Titsolo. How are you today?
1: Today, I'm good. It's rainy here in the summertime, but we're doing okay. Hello, mm. Survivors. Thank you for tuning in to Survival Jobs, a podcast in collaboration with Broadway Worlds. I'm Samantha Dawn Tutsalow, and this is my boy, Jason A. Coombs. Jason, how are you?
2: I am a little tired, but, you know, hanging in there, feeling a little bit like a... Uh, I don't know, like, you know, the calm before the storm for some reason, like when you're like, when it's like very peaceful, but you know, something might be coming. I don't know, but you don't know like how bad it's going to be. There's, we'll definitely see. A
1: storm. There's definitely a storm coming. I'm currently in Connecticut and I'm planning to travel back to New York City this evening. However, mm. if it's a mad storm, I'm not doing it.
2: Yeah, you should just stay. Um, I, I was in New York City to. this weekend.
1: <laughs> we swapped.
2: Yeah, right? But i was like i was down by the south street seaport which i don't really get to go down there as often and it was so, so nice. nice i forget how nice it is and um, it was
1: a gorgeous weekend huh
2: it was it's right by the water and i went to i had gone to pace university for a year which is right down there and like i remember just being there and how much i loved it so it was like my first new york city neighborhood. So I spent a lot of time there this weekend. It was really cool, really That's nice. That's
1: so nice. You know, Pace was my number one school. I wanted to go to Pace so bad. Really? Didn't get in, barely. Oh. You know what's funny? <laughs> I so I, I I was visiting my friend Johnny in Rhode Island this weekend before I was yes, in Connecticut. Johnny. In case anyone wants to know, like my whereabouts. Um, stalkers. We ch- stalker. Yeah, stalkers. <laughs> we were chatting a lot about how we literally got into no colleges. I got oh. into. No- because I'm so I'm not a good test taker. My SAT scores were so busted. Like mm. I got into Hart, like I got into, into the Hart School of Music, but I did not get into the University of Hartford. Things like that happened mm-hmm. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So in conclusion, I didn't get into Pace, but that's funny because I would have found you anyway.
2: I know that's funny. Well, I only went there for a year, so maybe not. Because um, it was too too damn expensive. So it was a little bit too expensive yeah. for me my mom, um, even I got like a bunch of like scholarships, but it was like almost $50,000. Um,
1: Yikes.
2: Wild, right? No. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, um, that's so funny because I didn't get into like my reach school, which was Emerson in Boston. <laughs> that was like my number one. Um, and I didn't even bother applying for NYU. I'm like, that's pretty pointless.
1: <laughs> You're like, I guess I'll go to Pace. Meanwhile, I'm like crying. Like, I didn't get into Pace. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Jason,
1: um, you know, we used to have this format in our mic checks where we would share a survival job story. And yeah, we sure have not done that in all of season two, since you and I are the survival job, king and queen, obviously. And I've had hmm. 9 million. So, yeah. so I don't think I've shared this story on the show. So apologies to you faithful listeners if I have, but I really don't think I have. So, there was this place in on on uh, Columbus, on the Upper West Side. It was like 72nd in Columbus called like Columbus Tavern. And mm. I got hired as a hostess. Oh. I went there for two days and I immediately quit because the chef, there was a crazy chef. He was French. And on my first day, I was literally training 20. I think I was 20. It was before I turned 21. It was one of the first jobs I had in the city. I was 20 years old. At this host stand on the upper west side, no idea what I was doing, full light on my resume, like never really hosted before, like did at like a mom and pop Italian place in Connecticut, so like no true experience. And this French chef comes and throws like all of these tickets at me. Like uh, you know, like the tickets that go to the kitchen, yeah, what are they called? Yeah. They're tickets. I don't know what the word is. Tickets, yeah. Yeah, food tickets. tickets. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Threw them all at me and was like I can't. I'm not even gonna attempt to do a French accent and like screamed and said, "Yeah, it was like, are you gonna get back here and cook all this food? Like, there's no enough help. Like, stop taking orders." And I was like, "Hi, my name is Samantha. It is my first day. I have no idea where I am. (laughs) Like, I'm not gonna cook." To answer your question, no, I'm not gonna cook the food because I barely booked this host job so eat a, <laughs> eat a big d you french man um say, yeah eat a
2: baguette. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that was good jason <laughs> eat a baguette bro um this establishment is no longer there i recently walked by i don't know what it's called now so i'm not like talking shit on a place that is operating um but yeah there's oh. my story exactly <laughs>
2: Oh my god. Remember Keenan used to do the the French guy and the
1: Yes on Keenan and <laughs> Kale? Keenan
2: Kale and oh Kale. My god. Kale's a vegetable.
1: <laughs> oh I called him Kale with Kale. Keenan and Kale? Kale. Kale. <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> Keenan <Kale. laughs> and Kale. Oh. that oh. Beyond des UK, the last <laughs> of the day. Fly fly chillase. I told you I had (laughs) gas.
2: Keenan's like a legend. He's got a star in the Walk of Fame.
1: Legend. Oh my God, I saw that. That's
2: crazy, right?
1: That was iconic. He's like
2: our, like, he's our generation, man. Oh, man. Okay, so before we jump into our amazing guest, Lisa, Icon. iconic, legendary Lisa Lampinelli, I wanted to just throw some shade at that church. Wait, I should have looked. At, I was reading the 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 church that that tried to get away with doing Hamilton. Can you Yikes. believe that? Yikes! Oh my God! Capital Y, capital I, capital K, capital E, capital S. Yikes! <laughs> they are trash okay uh they are the door mcallen church right. and they, they tried to do <laughs> <laughs> oh my god stress stress i was dying from laughter do you see those clips i feel bad like laughing at people who 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 were performers
1: but no i have those to tell TikToks, you
2: oh, man. Are, are
1: they in a lot of trouble i mean yes but like what what happens now
2: so on broadway world an article today um they have to pay for damages for the unlicensed performances of hamilton they had to issue an apology to lynn and the hamilton team they have to (laughs) they have to or they said they are going to go forward to respect the copyrights of hamilton's authors and contributors and they're going to promise to never ever do Hamilton again and they would destroy <laughs> they would destroy any and all video or sound recordings and images of the unauthorized production or rehearsals Those videos
1: are everywhere and request they just... all members do the same <laughs> they promise my favorite part of that is they promise to never ever do Hamilton again
2: <laughs> rightfully so like come on you can't like okay Ooh. I don't want to go on a tirade about the churches. No. I, don't want, I don't want the conservative Christians to come after me. Okay. But like, bro, don't be putting like like gospel anti-LGBTQ stuff in in your unauthorized work. Like, wait, what? Why are you adding sermons to Hamilton? Like, why are you like church separation of church and state? Separation of church and state. That's like literally what this country was founded on. People, come on it blows my mind like <laughs> come on anyway that's it I'm gonna sit my I mean, fucking mango pineapple drink and oh yum try to,
1: that sounds try good to yeah, I mean smoothie. it is so crazy that they did that um before sorry I have one more thing I'd like to plug before we talk about um Lisa who I love are you gonna, who are you I-
2: gonna do it with Hamilton <laughs> An un- unauthorized version of Hamilton and not You know
1: what? I probably could. I, <laughs> I probably know a lot of words. I probably could do a little clip, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to spare everyone.
2: Get your shot. Come on.
1: <laughs> I don't want to throw away my it is, and I'm throwing away my shot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um so real quick i i uh help with the events for this theater company called the egg and spoon theater collective i've Uh, jumped in and out and helped them for a few years so i just want to shout out this weekend they're having the world premiere of randy's dandy coaster castle
2: By Alexander
1: Perez, directed by Rebecca Martinez. Uh, It's going to be at the Jeffrey and Paul Gural Theater at ART on 502 West 53rd Street uh, from August 23rd through September 2nd. So if you all want to check it out, go to eggandspoontheater.org. You can figure out how to get tickets on there, support you know, nonprofits and, and new plays, by the way, it's a world premiere right there on 53rd street. So just shouting them out. Yeah. There
2: we go. Amazing. We have to support new work. You have to support
1: like
2: untapped voices.
1: Yeah. They work so hard and, and, you know, it's sort of like, (laughs) I was going to be like, it's sort of like what we do. We have our survival jobs and then our creative, but it's, Mm. I mean, they're doing a lot more work than we are putting on full production. Oh, yeah, I mean. But, you know, all these people, to my knowledge, you know, all are, are doing the, the hustle and and in the game and still creating and, and bringing in new work. So shout out to them.
2: Yes. Shout out to them. That's so exciting. I'm glad that you're helping them, too. You're such a great event manager. So they're so fortunate to have you.
1: Well, I've been slacking when they well, listen, I have been slacking, but I'll I'll, I'll buckle up for the gala. Fired! I'll kill, <laughs> I'll kill the gala. The gala will be lit. Um, and
2: we have to say happy, a quick happy birthday to our friend Tom Michael, who always listens to every episode. It's his Tom. birthday today. so happy thirty third birthday! And spot. today
1: is we're recording this little mic check on August twenty third. So happy birthday on August twenty yes. third. Yeah. And shout out to Robin De Jesus, our first guest Come ever. On, birthday oh, yeah. on. A, on October 21st? No. On August 21st. <laughs> so we have a lot of survival jobs. Birthdays in August.
2: I didn't know his birthday was the same. Wasn't the day before Andrew Garfield's? That's so crazy. How Broadway
1: is that?
2: Yes. That's why he has such good chemistry.
1: How Broadway.
2: Um, yeah, how Broadway. Anyway. Lisa. Queen Lisa. Queen
1: Lisa Lampanelli. Yep. Jason, tell everyone a little bit how Lisa came to us.
2: Oh, well um I got email from her a couple months ago, uh inviting me to a reading at her house of our friend, Robert Peter Paul's screenplay. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Lisa Lampanelli's emailing me? <laughs>
1: like, this is pretty broad.
2: Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, I couldn't do the reading, unfortunately, because I was working on another film festival shout out to female voices rock film festival um my submissions are open now but anyway i was working on that festival and i couldn't do the reading but um you know i, I responded back and i talked to rob and i have read his script and it was really really fantastic long story short we're looking for guests for the film festival and i was like rob you think i could email lisa would that be weird uh we already like emailed a couple times together but he was like she's the nicest person ever email her she loves to help she loves to be part of things locally and he says give it a shot and i was like okay Long story short, she was everything he said she was, and more. And has been such a kind and and generous and thoughtful, and really collaborative person who like wants to like do cute stuff as you'll hear in the episode, right? Cute, and yeah, cute, crew. <laughs> I like to say crew. She says cute, but um, yeah,
1: yeah, no. And then so then we we. Uh forced her just kidding then she came on the podcast and we had yeah. such a great time talking to her man like this was such a great episode she's so, so funny, funny but also so inspirational and real yeah. and, and vulnerable and I love I love that she's just the whole package. and also just so everyone <laughs> knows we're swearing this episode there is some explicit language so if that offends you I would not listen any further <laughs> <laughs>
2: Should we do her bio? Yes. Take it away, girl. You started off.
1: Got you. With a career that spanned more than 30 years, Lisa Lampanelli was a constant on the comedy scene. With numerous tours, Grammy nominations, and national TV guest appearances and specials under her belt, Lisa made headlines in 2012 when she lost more than 100 pounds with the help of bariatric surgery. The comedian went on to speak with unflinching honesty about her lifelong food and body image issues and prepared to make the, transis- ha, the transition from insulter to inspirer. She announced her retirement from stand up comedy on the Howard Stern radio program in late 2018 and planned on dedicating her life to performing in storytelling shows, helping people as a certified life coach, and being a general overall skinny little badass.
2: I love that. Can she be my my life coach? You should ask her that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: seriously. Um,
2: So next up for the comedy legend is Lisa Lampanelli, Big Fat Failure, a cabaret show filled with stories and songs. Yeah, that's right. Songs. Lisa's going to be singing, y'all, in which the former queen of mean comes clean about all the things she effed up. So if you're someone who has screwed up more times than you can count, come see Lisa Lampinelli, Big Fat Failure, on Saturday, October 15th in Fearful, Connecticut. There's two shows that evening, and they say misery loves company, but it dies in the face of laughter.
1: I love that.
2: I know, right? i away with words. Should we pop into it?
1: Enjoy, you guys.
2: Yes.
1: Hi, Lisa.
0: Welcome to Survival Jobs of Podcast. <laughs> Shut up.
2: You know, you
0: love it. <laughs> I love how like we've been joshing around and joking and cursing like, and then I'm, like minutes before up. we hit record and now it's like hi Lisa, welcome to the <laughs> podcast where losers talk about things they used to do and probably will go back to doing after they fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. Jason's here. Oh, yeah. Jason, how are you? Abject <sighs> failure.
2: Oh, you know, just a mess. Yeah. I just washed my hair, so it's all dripping everywhere. So there it's we go.
0: Cute though. Oh, she looked thank good. You.
2: Trying, trying.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we so, I can't, I feel like we're doing my normal spiel now. I think I'm going to get yelled at. I was going to no, say, we're but, but so happy question. to
0: have you. you know, here's what I'm worried about, <laughs> does anyone even know this voice? Like, does anyone know who you're talking to and who's being so rude? I'm being so rude. Do they know who I am? Of course. We do a mic
1: check before that you're not in. So we do a mm-hmm. whole intro bitch we set the whole thing (laughs) up without you girlfriend don't even worry
0: okay i don't
1: yeah so i just want to let you know so everyone listening we talked a lot about the bridgeport film festival on a previous episode that is where jason and i met lisa and i want to say i have been saying cunt so much (laughs) since (laughs) i met since we had our interactions and i'm i'm it's my new thing i think Oh my I God, hate I, the promised my,
0: I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Um, <laughs> I love touching people's lives and not their C's. So I'm really <laughs> happy that I have shifted and changed. I, I mean, years ago when I was like saying it on stage a lot before I retired from comedy, people were like, oh my God, you've reclaimed the C word. And I'm like, yeah, it's not even offensive if you don't mean it. If you say it with love, so when people come up onto me on the streets and, and go, "Oh, can you call my sister and call her, see uh, the C word?" I was like, "Happily," because I don't know your sister, but chances are she is one.
1: Wait, why do people come up to
0: you? Are you famous? um Well, I used to be, and now I'm just another loser uh it's okay
1: like us on survival jobs loser. which is
0: great like what's great is you guys on the are, are on the way up I'm I'm on the way down so I think <laughs> somewhere in between I'm just the one who's already realized at my age because I'm twice your age that um it's all meaningless bullshit and it doesn't even matter <laughs> all that matters is what a good person you are and since I'm the best person you ever met like you're welcome no, you. I mean, Jesus you are the a best great person.
1: person I ever met. Just so the you fuck know. God! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Lisa, Well, anyway,
1: we guy. are so happy to have you. We've been like I said, I'm not ready to laugh today, so don't make me laugh. Yeah,
0: I won't. And you know what I'd like to say. This has been three Please. minutes and 23 seconds of two white bitches talking over a black man and I don't. <laughs> I would like to say, Jason, as a marginalized member of the population on two counts, you <laughs> must speak. I mean, you don't have to because now it sounds like I'm ordering you to. He has the first question. He has the first question. So, okay, it works. so let's let Jason rip. Because, Jason, you're the man, so you should be in charge. Because I'm really all, all about the patriarchy. Okay. Yeah, I'm going on yeah. mute. I'm going on mute. <laughs> ah!
2: No, no. Um, it's exciting because, like Sam said, we met you during the film fest. And you've been just so sweet to us. And we really appreciate you Aww. making time. So thank you. But, yes.
0: Of course. Well, I yeah. think we know. There's a double-pronged reason. double prong sounds like your nickname on Grinder, But oh. <laughs> there's a double-pronged reason for me, for me coming on the show. Of course, the first is that I really do in my heart. I only do podcasts and radio stuff and stuff anymore because I'm retired, that I really like the people. Like, I don't bother with crap that I don't like. So I first was like, oh, my God, great. We can do this and have fun. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. I have this cabaret show coming up. At Trevi in um, what do you call Fairfield, Fairfield Connecticut, yeah. on October 15th, and I was like, "Oh, I can double prong them with a plug for the show." So I'm not stupid. Yes. Don't act like <laughs> I'm stupid. Tickets are on sale now.
2: Yes,
0: August 23rd they went on sale, and get them while they're hot because LL's gonna sing. So Ooh. I'm out of love for you, but also ruthless self-promotion for my gay show.
1: Yes. yes,
0: we love that. We need. I some know emotion. you gonna yeah. be singing. Oh, okay, dude. It's literally a show, and I think this really does apply to what we were talking about. The word "failure" is so tinged with negativity, and it's like such bullshit. Because I have been a huge success in one way—stand-up comedy. Also, I'm a great driver. Those are my only two talents. <laughs> I park well. And I think that goes under the heading of driving. So I have yes. two talents. I yeah. do not suck D well. I do not <laughs> uh, I do terribly. I do it wrong do. I do on purpose so nobody asks. <laughs> I have been a failure at relationship, marriages, some friendships. I've been a failure. I, my book wasn't a bestseller. My off-Broadway play, yes, it had two runs and it didn't make the money I wanted to, to make. So I have all these other failures personally and professionally. I'm like, let's write a show with some fun songs in it and some stories in it. So we can, it sounds super dumb to say celebrate failure. But honestly, like if I don't, as a kind of a successful person on paper, talk about failure, how's any Joe Schmo on the street going to talk about it? Like, I think there's power in things like when Oprah talks about weight struggles Like when you see a powerful person who you think is a success talk about their failings, I think it helps people. And through this silly show about, you know, uh, it's called Lisa Lampanelli, Big Fat Failure. I think like it'll (laughs) help others feel not less than because I felt less than for a long time because I couldn't make anything else work. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's why we love this show.
2: Mm-hmm. Sorry,
1: Jason. Here I am talking
0: over you again. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> wait, be quiet. <laughs> no. I, I do mean her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's so true. I was going to say, like, have you read our prompts? Because that was going to be a question I was going to ask you later. But
0: <laughs> No, no. I mean, that's what I loved about you. You're like, if there's anything you want to talk about or not talk about, <clears throat> let us know. And I'm like, I'm an open book. Like, I am the luckiest. My publicist is the luckiest bitch on earth because there will never be naked pictures come out that I we didn't know about. Well, you also sure? I just never get got naked ever. <laughs> I, I, I shower with clothes on. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm just kind of like an open book. So you just ask whatever you want, honey. All right. So I have the first one.
2: I'll, I'll start it off. Do you have a favorite survival job that you've had in your career?
0: And I was like helpful to, for you, like you know, getting into comedy and whatnot. Well, I think it was really helpful that I didn't start comedy till I was thirty, till I already yeah. had sort of a personality already. So I knew that I wasn't gonna. I mean, I didn't know if I'd even like it. I said, "Let me try it once, and if not, you know, I won't do it anymore." At least you get to try it. But I remember, like, when I was a journalist before that, I gone to college for journalism to Syracuse. Um, again, I didn't. I wasn't an abject failure in journalism. I just knew it wasn't my calling. So I remember doing those jobs and I was driving to see my first nephew when he was born. And I heard an ad on the radio because it always kind of in my head as when I was a journalist, I was like, I want to try comedy, I want to try it, but I don't know how. And I heard an ad for this place called Rent a DJ where you would go around and you would go and do DJ parties or weddings or school dances. And I go, Ooh, I bet if I learn to talk on a microphone, I will at least take a step towards trying stand up. So it was like a little step. Yeah. And thank goodness that I became really good at that. And they liked me. And I was like employee of the month once. And I go, OK, this is all a sign and stuff we have to notice on the way <laughs> to the actual job that yeah. we want. Because if I had noticed I don't like talking on a mic, why bother? Do something behind the scenes or something. So I think that was the most important survival job I had. And then obviously when you start comedy, you're making nothing. You're making nothing for the first seven years or so. And I basically did crazy stuff, dude. Like you would have been (laughs) so proud of me. I wanted to be able to live near enough to New York City to run in because I grew up in Connecticut Mm -hmm. Wanted to be able to run in and work the clubs if I could. So I remember answering an ad. This couple was 80 and 60, the husband and wife. (laughs) They lived on a 35-acre estate in Mount Kisco, Bedford, New York. And they needed a live-in maid. Here I am with like a college (laughs) degree and (laughs) grad school. And they just wanted you to clean four days a month for free room and board. And I was like, ooh, I can do that. Because Wait, four days a month? Yeah, and I was like, I mean, it was like a crappy little maid's room with a non-private bathroom. But at the time you're 30, you don't really care. You're just like, yeah, oh my no. God, okay, I'm, I'm free just going work. Yeah, and actually working for them was really good for me. I learned a lot of humility. I learned that that job is effing hard. I worked, she was a taskmaster and a half, Mrs. Rowland, because they were German, <laughs> like off the boat. And I learned that Germans are the problem. not all of them no but she was tough and I remember I actually having to learn to speak up for myself more and say you're being too hard on me or whatever you know so I learned a lot and I think the humility is a big thing because after that like typing part-time didn't seem so bad so I got rid of the ego of like oh I'm so educated I can only do this it's like no you know what you like comedy enough that you'll do whatever it takes. And none, none of those jobs are really fun, but you learn stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. The live and made. I mean, listen, I would do anything right now for free rent with the way these fucking rents are going up in New York. Well, that's the oh.
0: problem because you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why we would be friends in real life, but I'm not friends with poor people. So i yes. so sorry. <laughs> so Actually, just cancel be- us. I would be friends with you because your good hair cancels out your shitty paycheck.
1: <laughs> my poorness.
0: My good be, hair makes
1: me look a little not yeah, poor. Yeah,
0: yeah, look like you have a nice blowout. I can, I'm <laughs> just going to be friends with Jason, so I up my minority count. Because <laughs> I am very proud of my circle of friends is very diverse, but we can always add another one. Yeah, <laughs> that's right you can it's
2: like uh, charlotte on um the, the new sex in the city whatever it was called where she was trying to find she had like no black friends to go to the dinner was,
0: party by the way that probably was me 10 years ago <laughs> charlotte. i was always surrounded by gay guys and um i was like wow that's not cute and i i looked at my <laughs> birthday party this year i had 30 people over which shocked me too because i Really since retiring five years ago, that's been my main focus is attracting the right people, having like a really nice social network of people who really care about me. And I looked around, I was like, this is a diverse ass bunch of motherfuckers. And I was <laughs> I mean, it's funny how you, I didn't seek it out. I just became open to everybody. And I think that's really when that when I watched that Charlotte thing, I was like, God, I'm better than her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jason and I love Che Diaz from that from that
2: new so show.
0: Do we? Do we?
1: We love. Oh che. God,
0: that's a story for another day. That's
1: another show. Um, do you have a story of a survival job that maybe you didn't love so much that didn't impact you positively? That's like a shocking, scary survival job story. Maybe well, not I mean, scary. I, but I, mean, I
0: will say a funny story. Um, so I'm working at this estate at Mr. and Mrs. Rowland's house and two things happened. Okay, I don't think they were blatant racist, but (laughs) I don't think they shied away from a black joke now and again. And the only reason I say that is because I remember I walked in with their after dinner tea at one point. Imagine me with the fucking black outfit, certainly not a maid's outfit, but black pants, black shirt. (laughs) With their tray of whatever the fuck they drank after these entitled assholes, <laughs> going there, and she goes, "Oh, Lisa." I mean, they're long dead, so it's okay to say talk about them. And, oh, Lisa, R.I.P. Isn't it, isn't it fun? If it was not for the six o'clock news, we would never see black people. Oh my god! <laughs> but think about this: this is a bitch who probably grew up so fucking like sheltered and just like in on this sort of track that she had. Yeah. And I will be honest with you. I told that story on stage and used her real name to get back at her. It's <laughs> ah, they're dead. But what it's wild when you're doing that stuff, you're just kind of taking notes of what these people say to put in your act and make stories out of. So I like, true. I liked kind of using anything I had at the time to get some material. Cause I always thought, wow, My real life is more funny and effed up than anything I'm observing on TV. Let me just talk. I mean,
1: I want to say, I think you made a survival
0: jobs history today. I don't think we've ever had a
1: maid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm probably, I don't know. Maybe you have had some, but they're ashamed to say it. I just never felt like you should be ashamed of anything. Like my parents were stoked about that. They were like, that's great. Like I just and also my parents never put any pressure on us to be successful, which is why I think we were. So it was never like we didn't live up to anything. So when they're like, oh, free room and board, go for it. That's yeah. really cool, you know?
2: I love that. I have a random question because I was reading, I was researching you, of course. And I, I saw something that said that you didn't watch comedy specials growing up. And never. You start to, until you became a comic.
0: Well, by the way, there was no such thing as comedy specials growing up. There was mm. – people would do the occasional set on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or this yeah. or that. Um, and they'd have things like the Rodney Dangerfield Young Comedian Special which with, like, five or six different guys. But, like, it wasn't even interesting. Like, I never even – it never dawned on me that I liked comedy because I didn't. I liked the roasts. Dean, They had these <laughs> things called the Dean Martin Celebrity Roasts. My parents and my sister and brother and I would just watch them and laugh so much. And it just looked like which they weren't, by the way, it looked like they were all just friends hanging out, throwing these jabs at each other. And I was like, look at that. (laughs) How friendly and fun. And then you find out years later, like with the golden girls, like they all fucking hated each other. So (laughs) it's a fantasy we have. But yeah, I never watched stand up, didn't have any interest. And I think it just was something that I like that whole roast situation and the vibe which i guess that's why i naturally once i started stand-up gravitated towards that stuff
2: yeah wow that's so that's so interesting
0: that you just
1: fell into it i don't want to talk about myself since this is about you but (laughs) my senior thesis paper was about women in comedy and like how it sucked as like a woman coming up and trying to do this so do you have some some experiences you can share, like your challenges coming up in this industry as a woman? Well, in I mean- a Predominantly I mean, like male, heavy, I mean, like, I mean, I
0: usually have a different story than most people because I was really tough. My act was tough. I wasn't tough on the inside, but I presented that way. Also, I wasn't a typical, you know, I wasn't beautiful, sexy, all that stuff. I was just like this funky, like weird, like she dresses like- you know, with those 50s housewife dresses. Like, I didn't present like I was going to threaten anyone, but my yeah. mouth was so threatening and <laughs> sounded like such a guy that I got booked all the time. Like, I have been the luckiest person in the world never to get Me Too'd, never to have been harassed. I Maybe somebody didn't hire me because being a woman, but I never found out about it. Yeah. But I think, like, I probably, the biggest challenge with me was comics being mean to me but they were just peers. So it was just hurt feelings. I don't think it was anyone blocking anything. So I got really lucky in that those experiences, the those horrible things that happened to women didn't happen to me. And you know, me and Joan Rivers would joke around about that like after the Me Too happened and be like, why not me? And then <laughs> it's like, um, Joan, I mean, and we I'm fully admitted that how fucking blessed and lucky we are. Yeah. Because I, I don't even You know, we've all had some childhood stuff, some traumas. All my traumas have been with a small T, thank God. So I think I've been pretty lucky and kind of skated past stuff I probably wouldn't have been able to come back from.
1: Yeah. You think because you, like, had this, like, aggressive mouth and, like, confidence that nobody – that you just
0: booked? Well, I've talked to my manager about that, and she's like, yeah, you were just – like, I remember there was a club in the city. It used to be the premier club for, like – people who they thought were going to be unique and different. This club has since kind of turned into more of a road club. But when the comic strip in my era in the 90s was big, it was like, oh, my God, if you were allowed to perform there, they had faith that you were going to get a sitcom someday about yourself or whatever. So I remember getting passed to work there, and it was so exciting. I remember the booker at the time was really tough, and he just loved talent. And if people were bombing, he'd be like, go in there and fix that. So I liked the she can go in and kill anywhere, never afraid yeah. to follow anyone. I had to follow Chappelle consistently at the Cellar every wow. night in the '90s. I didn't care because I was like, really? oh, they're going to be on a high. They're not going to be like looking at me to match him. Right. They're going to be looking at me to heighten it, and it was just like such good practice. Like I always, I say to every beginning comic or like a comic trying to make it, I'm like, never complain, never explain. Don't explain your jokes. They have to stand on their face. And if you think it's okay to say they have to, you know, you you live and die by your jokes. But you can't complain either. You can't go, oh, so-and-so bumped me. Oh, Bill Burr stopped by the club. Yeah, guess what? Then I guess you're going to have to follow Bill Burr. So suck a dick. Like yeah. I, mean, so, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind complainers in real life if they're working on stuff like we all do. But the, oh, poor me, victim of like, so-and-so stop by. I'm like, yeah, well, okay. they, so live with it. I just, I don't think that, that leads anywhere good.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Totally. Well,
0: Sweet. also speaking of theses, you know, it's really interesting. I found there's this woman, I think I still have the paper. She sent it to me. She was doing her thesis for some reason, a grad thesis on me. Right. And uh, it was at the time of my that's height. The- and i was like wow that's pretty cool and when she asked me like my biggest accomplishments after i rattled them off she's like wow that's interesting i'm like what and she's like none of them had to do with career every single thing you said had to do with real life so it really wow. was all to like yeah i find making my first you know easter dinner for the whole family having game night every week doing this uh, that's more important to me so it sort of was a wake-up call of like, oh, that's what I actually value. Let me work on that stuff more. So um, I don't think it was a surprise that like five years later, I was like, oh, I'm not fulfilled by comedy. I'm going to kind of like stay home more and actually connect with people. So it's just very interesting when you mentioned theses that, you know, first of all, I'm shocked you even have an education. <laughs> <laughs> Real happy that you didn't interview me because you don't deserve it. So
1: <laughs> I used like a bunch of shitty books. I didn't interview anyone, which is part right. of problem. Well,
0: you going to Devry didn't help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason and I went to state school together, okay? I'm
0: proud of both of you because you know, I, I used to have a podcast and one of the guys would always argue that it doesn't matter where to go to college unless it's, you know, to be, a, if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And I would argue that it doesn't even matter if you go to college, like it is so overstated about this track mm-hmm. that we have become convinced we have to get into debt for. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's okay to not do that. So proud yeah. to see you all thrown away all that money. And now you're talking <laughs> to me. Nice. nice I'm happy for you. At
1: least I got Jason. At least we got each other out of it. Dude, that's
2: a good part, right?
1: You know, that's about it. That's about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't paid my student loans in years. I'm just like Oof. me
1: either. <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic. I'm like, I'll take the next. Career. No,
0: do it. Thank do you. it. I um. saved. I saved mine off till I started making really good money, and then just paid them off. So, guys, clearly Jason's going to make it, and then he'll pay it for both of you <laughs> and you, my friend. Aren't <laughs> she said,
1: that's so she said, Let's remember this that Lisa said you're gonna pay my student loans when you make hey. a peg.
2: Hey. What day is
1: it? August 13th. Thank you. <laughs> ah.
2: That's hilarious. Okay. Alisa. <laughs> Chevy Chase was your first like major roast, right?
0: Well, I would call that a minor roast because it was so bad except for me and a couple <laughs> of others. That they rerun it like once every 10 years because Chevy <laughs> biggest douchebag on the planet. And again, I'm sure he was in some kind of emotional pain and that that's probably why he wasn't nice, but he made it very difficult for people. But I was like, well, it's my shot. Like, I remember leaving my apartment. I had a little studio in the city. It was the first place I bought and Oh, it was so cute. And, um, I remember leaving that day and it sounds like so silly, but I like look back and I was like, okay, when I come back into this apartment, my life will have either changed for the better or definitely the worst because oh, wow. I'll either kill or I'll bomb. And it's a such a violent um, profession that we use words like kill and bomb. As <laughs> yeah. standard. You know, it's an insane occupation. So thank God it went really well for me. But Chevy just legit wore sunglasses, stared straight ahead, didn't laugh at anyone. But I got a smile out of him because I stuck to my guns because I wanted to do well for me, not for him. And yeah. it shifted later where I, the guys were great sports. Like even Trump, believe it or not, who obviously I'm not a fan of. Wait, who? I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, don't say that. Guy. He's hopefully by, by the time we release this, hopefully in a different country. But <laughs> he actually was a good sport. Flavor Flav was a good sport. David Hasselhoff. So those people, you want them to have fun. Yeah. Which maybe it was just like, this is my, either I get invited on TV to do this again or no. So thank God that went really well. And that was kind of the start of everything.
2: Did you like, were you like, were you like, did you put pressure on yourself? Were you like really nervous, like going into it or like?
0: Um, Well, I'm so hardcore with preparation that I was like, I literally remember where I was sitting in that apartment when the Friars Club, who was one of the producers at the time, called me and they said, we made Comedy Central put you on the roast. Cause they were a producer oh, yeah. and they're like, we don't know who she is. Cause I was, I was not new to comedy, but I was never on TV before. And they were like, well, well, we'll give her a shot. And I remember, um, just literally without blinking got on the phone to the stylist. Where do we go shopping? Got on the phone to the, my writing team. When do we write uh, da, 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 da. scaring up all the prep, booking some open mics where I would go and I'd say, all right, you're going to pretend you're Chevy Chase. You're this one, you're that one, you're this one. I'm making fun of you. We got to see if these are good. You know, so I'm just, I don't, I'm not a nervous person. But afterwards I have like, I get sick. I get like a, a emotional sadness because it's over. Um, so yeah, that probably is more. I just get too much. I get way into, let's go. No fucking time for feelings. Like I don't, my generation, you guys, I mean, I'm 61. I was talking. I have a lot of millennial friends who I love, and I go, "We didn't talk about mental issues. We didn't say mental illness ever. We just like we're like, what? Overwhelmed with that kid? Push forward. <laughs> so not yeah. that's not good. But I will say, it made me not ever be like hesitant, and it made me just be a kind of a badass, but kind of you know the other ways, kind of a little bit better to admit you need help." Facts.
1: yeah i mean i feel like mental health is still like people get shivers talking about it and i'm like hello like go to therapy because thank everyone you. should yeah. i would be in the street i would be in the middle of 10th without Joanne, my therapist like it's yeah. so important to talk about and say like hey like i feel fucked up this week and so i need yes. to go to a lot of therapy and like also take a mental health week thank you goodbye
0: like well that's all the thing good. I, I say to my friends all the time and i think there's a reason i'm friends with a lot of people between 30 and 45 because they get that because i started therapy when i was 25 and like on and off for the last however many years so i think it's so amazing and it's scary and even over the pandemic the last six months or so i was like oh i want to see this trauma therapist to you know process some childhood stuff and again small t stuff like just school stuff or being ignored yeah. parents because No matter how you're raised, you could be raised by the best parents in the world. And there's something that happened as far as they turned away to look at the stove for that one that's in the kid's head. So you're going to need help sometimes. And I think that's why I like this age group, because my age group is still that hardcore push forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I guess not. So for a while, I was calling myself the world's oldest millennial because I feel like (laughs) I get that. Yeah I, yeah, I think those are great. Gen Z, Gen X, it's just all fucking people who are more awake to this stuff, but with things like TV appearances, my first call was never to the shrink. It was always to the writers, to the stylists, to the makeup people, to the let's get this fucking shit started. Yes, well, what's just-
2: woman. What's that? <laughs> that's a good business woman. Like well,
0: yeah, like- what, I, thought, I always thought comedy was 50% business, 50% art, and a lot of people don't, but I'm like, oh yeah, but dude, the funniest thing was too. So I get this great outfit. It's my first like expensive outfit and I'm not rich yet. I'm like, kind of like going, oh, there's like some money in savings, but I got to pay that back. You know, I can't, I was always the type very good with money because my parents were depression era. So I'd always go, okay, if I took 1500 out of the bank to buy that dress and all that stuff. I got to pay it back to savings. So I was always obsessed with that. So What happens with the roast? It's this really cute outfit. I love it. I'm leaving the apartment, as I said. My friend Gay Wendell was with me, because you always have to have your gay with you. (laughs) Gay Wendell. Wendell. His name was Wendell. So we walk out, and I hear clink, clink. They fucking forgot to take that white big tag off the dress. Oh, no. The one that you need the machine for? Yes!
2: Wait, no. Lisa, did I mean, you steal course,
0: it? No, no. I mean, no. I'm, I'm right. Yeah, so oh. um, <laughs> I get in the car. We're getting driven. They, Comedy Central sent a, a car at the time. We haul ass. Thank God I was living right near 2nd Avenue or in Third, and 3rd. Uh, and we drive up. We literally run in with the receipt. They cut it off while I'm going there. They were closing in 10 minutes. It's so dramatic. Wow. On I, the way wait, to the roast?
1: I, yeah. I'm I don't, anxiety. Literally,
0: literally me too. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever told that story before because I blanked it out. That was one of my small T traumas. So oh I, I give I that a capital T, okay? Yeah, that's it was insane. Is... So thank God it all worked out, but it was so funny. I was like, wow, if that's the worst thing that happens tonight, I guess we're okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, the anxiety, the, like on the way to this gig already, and then you're like, wait, what is happening?
0: And again, I think always- that's, But I think that's the thing too. In those days, you guys gotta understand, we didn't even use the word anxiety. It didn't exist. Mm. It was like we went to, what the fuck do we do? Let's go, let's go. Well then the problem recognizing anxiety or stress or anything is you're always yelling. So I had a huge anger problem which I still have to work on all the time. And now I find I worked on anger a lot so I cry more which is obviously way healthier. But literally, if I'm in a. Okay. Like yesterday, I had to call my landscaper because I felt we should go over the bill and he wouldn't come over because I don't oh, know man. what happened. He's sick. And I'm like tearing up because I want to pay him. I He's not yeah. rich, but I don't want to get ripped off. So instead of yelling, I notice like I'm, I'm like, right now, I'm like emotional thinking about it because I want him to get paid. So I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, is he going to hear me like a little emotional? And I'm like, well, fuck it. I don't care. Isn't it better than yelling at him? So that's where my anxiety used to go to yelling. Now it's more acceptable to me to show like the sadness. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like I'm ripping you off, you know? So ends up, of course, we agree. I get given the cash, his wife stops over, everything's fine. But all that to say, you didn't, cry back then you fucking yelled and you made a lot of enemies and i made a ton of enemies and i'm like wow if i could go through my life now and not yell and just show the realness then yeah am i a big pussy yes (laughs) good i guess i am but you know it's sad
1: yeah, it's good to be vulnerable and open, which sort of leads into my next question of like, you did do, you did dabble in some films here and there. Like, did you ever want to do more acting? And by the way, like, now the way you are, you're just so open. You literally just cried tapping into your feelings. Go book a movie. <laughs> like, would well, you ever want to do more? Is
0: with that my friend who um, introduced me to Jason is this guy, Rob Peter Paul, who's a really, really good actor. We and love shout Rob. out. We love oh, him. I was going to be in my show October 15th. <gasps> Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing! Uh, did I mention October fifteenth, traveling? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get we'll ticket, talk more about it for sure. The link in Jason's bio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously, like Rob, when I go over and he helps me a little with like storytelling and stuff, like because I just talk into the recorder and he asks questions for stories for the show. Um, he goes, "Oh my God, I saw your two broke girls. I saw you in this movie or whatever, like this little thing or whatever," and he goes, "Uh." you know, you're really good, you should really do that. And I'm like, yeah, but I kinda like don't want to. Like there's this weird thing when you don't, you just do stuff if it tickles you. Like now it's like, if it tickles me, I'll do it. Like if my manager calls me, you know and says oh so and so wants you to do this and I'll go oh that sounds cute so I literally judge everything by does that sound cute <laughs> like I forget what like even your podcast I was like that sounds cute so <laughs> I don't we got offered a uh a reality show based on me um and the description wasn't cute so I rewrote it and I was like well if they want the cute one the the one I want to do then we'll we'll pitch it to a network and so they did and so we're in that process. But I'm like, if it doesn't sound like it'll tickle me a little bit, I don't want to do it. So if someone yes. said, do you want to do an off-Broadway run of dot, 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 if it was a silly little one song, three lines of dialogue, show stop, like Pippin's grandma thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Sure. Because that's easy, fun, but I don't know. There's something if it doesn't. Just, my father had the greatest saying, he was a fine artist, and he go, just because you're good at it, doesn't mean you have to do it. And I fucking love that, it's very freeing. Yeah. But I think it's obvious that I'm the best actor who's ever lived, so that being said, maybe someday.
1: Yeah, I can't believe, (laughs) where's the Oscars? Give her
0: an Emmy. Well, you're gonna laugh, I cannot memorize. I have this thing where I literally can't memorize, I don't know what, it's just, I guess a skill you develop as an actor, But I never did, I just knew my set and I did it. So I got offered to do a pretty weighty play a couple, about six months ago, and it broke my heart because it was in a real legit theater. And when I got that script, I just started crying. I was like, it's all heavy dialogue that was so written in my voice, but it was so much. And I had to call the producer and the casting people and just go, I want to explain why I can't do this. It's because I can't memorize. And they're like, no, we'll get you a coach. I go, no, no, you don't get it. You would murder me. I would kill myself and you. I have to bow out. And they took it as good, to be honest. And they said, if you ever want to do something at the theater, let us know. I said, oh, yeah, I if know. you have three lines, I'll fucking do it. But you said <laughs> so, Broadway. I don't think that's going. I think that's going. I know my limits now. Yes. And if it becomes important to me later, I'll work on it. But right now, that would have ruined their show and right. really made me, I, I hate to use the word, but anxiety ridden for months.
1: Well, at least sure. you know like w- your strengths and weaknesses and also how blessed and like in such a great place in your life you're like if that's not cute i'm not doing it like i feel like so many people have to just yes yes their way and that's like really amazing
0: well but i do get that that but i get that that comes from a lifetime of being good with money and saving and not everybody has that privilege it's a privilege thing that you get so i don't i'm not saying i made it because i'm lucky i was fortunate and i was good at comedy and i was smart enough thank god for my parents we're like, you save, save, save. So I could step away and go, this doesn't feel right anymore. I'm not into it. It just doesn't feel like I like that type of comedy anymore. So I am, it is a privileged place to be, but it's also even little decisions of turning down stuff that doesn't feel exactly right, even if you're in scarcity mode. So if you're like a beginning actor and you're like, well, oh, I want to grab that because I really need the money, but that guy seemed a little creepy. And it seemed like I didn't want to do the, you know, I take my top, or whatever it is, or I didn't want to say this, these words or something. It's almost going two more shifts at the coffee shop would be more perfect for me than that. So I'm just saying, even if you're not in a privileged position, please don't force yourself to do stuff that makes you sick or sad nice. or danger, in danger.
1: Right. Go take nice. a shift with the Germans. I forgot their name. I forgot the name. You know
0: what? If a bitch like me can clean houses with some graduates. Yeah, I love that I always have some graduate work. Because I was in a program at Columbia. Get this. I always shot really high with education. So I was at Columbia. I did a summer program at Harvard and a summer program at Yale. And I'm telling you, I am. I'm never smart enough to get accepted for the whole year. It's just the summer. <laughs> just the summer. Just yeah. six weeks More than most. I'm like an most. Ivy League moron. They won't let me in, but they'll <laughs> take my money for six weeks.
2: I love Baby that. League moron. <laughs> Lisa, matter. Besides, your comedy album, Back to the Drawing Board, was nominated for Best Comedy Album at the 58th Annual Grammy Awards in 2016.
0: Yeah, so but guess Grammy what? Grammy. Listen, here's what I'm going to say to you, Mr. Bad Researcher. I was not a <laughs> twice. Oh, was, that the, was that the second one? Yeah, the first one was for my HBO special Dirty Girl. And yep. I tell you what, you have never been more miserable than at an award show. Oh, no. It is horrible. It is horrible. Only fun if you don't take it seriously. I knew I wasn't gonna win both times because you just know because you don't campaign. Who it was a strange, I didn't even know there was a comedy award. Like I was just like, <laughs> <"Ew."> But <laughs> the first one, I had so much fun because I flew everybody to LA, my parents, my sister, my niece, my um, brother. And I was like, oh, this is so great. We all stayed at this really, really fancy hotel. And then it's this exhausting thing that doesn't feel good except, again, the dinner with the family, the leaving the Grammys early and coming to a hotel and putting the robes on, (laughs) sitting with the family, the breakfast with the family. I'm like, what the fuck? So the second time I got nominated, you would be so impressed. First of all, I had forgotten that that album came out, so I was like, cute. (laughs) Well, I was like, I'm not going to this fucking thing, but – then I remembered because my father had just passed away and he was like my favorite person. So it was very difficult. But so I go, wait a minute. If I go and I take my little niece and nephew only, they were like 14 and 13 at the time and so cute. And we all take some of my dad's like suits and have them made for like red carpet, like made by Taylor into like garments. Oh, I love that, that. We could just have so much fun, the three of us. And that's the way to do the Grammys is when you go, you don't take it seriously. You have such a good time and you're with those right people and kind of representing this thing we wanted to put out there. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's, I, I'm not, it's so hard to listen to this. I'm sure as a, a struggling actor or somebody and go, yeah, well, you, you know, you get to do that because you were famous already and stuff. It's like, yeah, but just do stuff that feeds the soul Yes. In every part of life, if you can, no matter if you are yet to make it or you've made it and are now considering yourself on the way down, there's ways to get that soul hit that you need. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, Thanks. for sure. So would you say that that's like the main reason you retired? Because you were like, I need to put all my energy into the things that matter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say all of it. I'd say m- much more. Yeah. Like I, i shockingly i have eight nieces and nephews i missed eight yeah i missed maybe two birthday parties and two holidays like i really was hardcore my brother wrote me a note once about different things about me and he that were good and he was like you always came to everything even if it was like an all-nighter because i would fly in and drive to that party
2: oh my god So i
0: was always dragging myself around but i go um if you're finding that you don't want to do it anymore, you don't have to do it. So it always felt like I was going to these gigs the past, the last couple of years. I was like, I don't really love it. Like, it's fine. And I go, I want to, I want to do something that's just not just fine. Yes. That, that whole, Like energy was shifting. And also I had started working on that. It really doesn't make you a better person be a success. And it's accomplishment really doesn't feed the soul like I thought it would. So I think those things that started happening, happen, I'm like, oh, I can get out of this and still be a human and see how that works. And by the way, that's followed with a huge amount of um, sadness about who am I? I don't even have an identity. And then after all the work on myself, I was like, oh, I'm just a person. Oh, that's cute. Okay, I could just have fun and I don't have to do anything ever again for approval. But that's, I mean, again, three years of hard work on post-retirement. What's up? So, yeah, it's not easy, but it's worth That
1: really is so admirable to, like, to, like, listen to that. And I think it's really important for our listeners to hear it. Like, hey, like, yes, we all are artists and we all have these dreams and goals and passions, but that's not the end-all be-all. Like, there is life past that. And there's so much pressure, especially on young artists, to, like, have this major success and, like, be rich and famous, but, like. Does
0: it matter? Yeah,
1: sure, but like not really, like not
0: entirely. Yes, I think we don't need much. I think we need a place to live. I mean, I always think about that little studio apartment, and I'm like, that was like, I, I love that place.
1: We Where's it at? That. Is it for rent?
0: It's in there, right? It's in <laughs> Tudor City. Tudor City is so cute. It's this little. I was such a be- a baller that I literally. Bought it right after 9-11 because I knew everybody was moving out. And I was like, yeah, I'll fucking buy it. I found, get this, it was a studio in a luxury building for $119,000. I mean, it was hilarious. Wow. So, um, and again, I was privileged enough to be making money, privileged enough to have my parents co-sign because it was a co-op. So yeah, my, my life has been easier due to several privileges. But the point being, if you start, just become a noticer of your life. If you start to notice that every Thursday you're miserable because you have to pack to go away. If you notice that every day you go, I used to love the stage, but something shifted and I don't, and I want to do, you know, behind the scenes. I, wow, working in Starbucks feels better because I'm connecting more than a stage. That's people are seven feet away, whatever it is. It's like, You don't have to act on it. Just notice it so you know how to move forward. Because if we don't notice, which I didn't, then you have like a major snap where you're just like either an emotional snap or I had an outward snap where I, my second to last show, I really snapped on stage. And I was like, thank God I'm retiring. And that I saved all my money because this can never fucking happen again. So I love we didn't notice enough back in the day. So I hope people can just notice what they love, what they don't, and just, you know, they can, they can get clues about what they want. Yeah. I think the
2: pandemic has done that for a lot of people, right? Like yeah, having your whole world shifted because of this thing that was out of our control. And then, I mean, that, that worked for me and Samantha. We were like, we're not going back to working in a restaurant no matter what. You know, so yeah.
0: like... <laughs> yeah. And we sure I mean, yeah, and you notice that that wasn't feeding the soul. And again, we're lucky enough to be able to say that, you know, Um, a lot of people have to do it. And then unfortunately, I mean, there's just so much systemic bullshit that keeps people stuck and everybody loves it that way, you know, because it keeps the wrong people down and it's really annoying. But by the way, I didn't know any of that shit either. Uh, Because (laughs) I was just so single-mindedly focused on not being a success money-wise, but accomplishments might give me self-esteem. I didn't notice that there's people around me not having a great life because of systemic bullshit. So it it, just—it's good when you open your world a little more than to just what I'm going through, or you know, as an artist, there's other more important stuff too.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, Lisa, we're coming to the end of our interview. We have one more question.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, my oh my God! And then we're
1: gonna play a fun little game. Um, yeah. I know you talked a bit about the show at the Trevi Lounge, but if you could do like a big spiel about it, so everyone knows what's up, where to get tickets, etc., we'll also drop all the info. Um, and then Jason will close us out with a great question, and then we'll play. Yay!
0: Oh my God! Thank you so much for like saying you know, that I could promote the show because I always do shoehorn it in in funny ways, but thank you for letting me get the details out. It's going to be two shows, Saturday, October 15th at seven and nine. There are very few VIP tickets left. We're doing meet and greets with 30 people only each show where they get to actually stand next to me and have me acknowledge them and take a picture. <laughs> I mean, the little people love that stuff. And uh, it's a small venue, there's only like 100 seats, so it sh- it's selling pretty we love well. love Yes, it's cute, it's and there. they're really kind there. It's in mm-hmm. Fairfield, Connecticut. Don't worry, it's a good neighborhood. You <laughs> get ass play on the way in or out unless you there. Jason's going to be there doing that for me as a VIP. Yep. And uh, (laughs) the tickets just go to my uh, Instagram, which is Lisa Lampanelli on all platforms. If by the way, you cannot spell my name. You do not deserve to come to the show. Like, so,
2: Like I did when I first uh, saw.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. I forgave you. But yeah, just go there and get tickets on the little link there. And we will hopefully see you at Trevi. And get ready. I'm going to sing. I'm going to not dance. I'm going <laughs> to emote many emotions. Yes, we are out. <laughs> I'm offended
1: that. I'm I'm actually really offended that only Jason got called out to come as a VIP, but it's okay.
0: No worries. He's ass playing. So that you,
2: know, you have to ass play. So Used you you like the... me
0: as a real prude. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to prude shame, because, you know, prudes are, need love too. I'm crying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm choking. I'm on mute because I'm like choking.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lisa Little, do you know? <laughs> I know. I was going to say, usually it's the innocent ones. The ones who look innocent are big, dirty hose bags. Big
1: ass play. <laughs> <laughs> big ass players. <laughs>
0: I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I have one last question for you. Um, yes. And I'm, yes. So like we talked about this whole time, you've had such a huge legacy, Lisa. You've basically done it all. Stand up comedy specials on hbo broadway live albums tv movies you wrote a book you've been an lgbtq uh, advocate is there like what do you want people to remember you by if you you know can have people remember you by one thing what would it be
0: that i kept evolving and that shit that suppose I checked into a hotel and I wasn't particularly nice to the hotel clerk um, because I was tired. No excuse. Didn't get any sleep the night before because we had to go from city to city to city. And if I like, was like, ah, uh, you're kidding. Why is there noise? Like that was me for real. I would hope that they would maybe in the new encounter go, Oh, she grew. She's she was, you know, angry or sad or had something going on. And so I just hope people could go, oh, she grew and she changed and she didn't want to do the type of insulting humor anymore and didn't mm-hmm. want to use racial slurs. You know, she didn't want to say super sexual stuff anymore. And she grew and now she's different. So I hope people just allow room for my growth. And that would be great.
2: That's so important.
0: Yeah. That's so important.
1: Um, You're so cute. I know. That <laughs> person you
2: just <laughs> 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 well i told you this before i met you like a long time ago at starbucks i don't know if you remember in, in trumbull center i used to work there and you were always so kind and you, i was i remember they were like that's lisa limpinelli and i was like really that's uh, lisa limpinelli.
0: <laughs> and i do believe it or not. i do remember you because you were always really nice <laughs> yeah. and i was never by the way cunty at starbucks i was really nice getting your coffee Even when I hadn't processed my anger issues or worked on them much, 90% of the time I was always pretty good. But I think also that's part of the problem when you're talking about anger is that you're pushing down asking for what you want. And then suddenly you explode on the wrong person. But I'm so happy I wasn't mean to you at Starbucks. I was probably so fucking happy to be having many coffees that I was like, (laughs) oh, I can forgive Jason's mistakes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You forgot the extra espresso or something. Right.
0: A
1: pump of sugar. A pump of vanilla. (laughs) Um, so, So for our game, since you are the queen of roasts and meaning, we thought we'd like to take a turn and give toast. And and nice <laughs> kind words to celebrities. So Whoa. we're going to do like a rapid fire toast.
0: Okay, so I'm going to have to try to find something nice to nice. say. About, oh, God. Okay, good luck. Let's nice. try not. Like, I'll try not to go into old bad habits. I'll try to be nice. Okay. Yeah, let's see.
1: Let's see if we've evolved. Let's see if we've evolved like the legacy. <laughs> Jason, you want to take the first?
0: Sure. Uh,
2: let's start with Hillary Clinton.
0: Oh, I love her. I say, don't lock her up. (laughs) Put up with that husband diddling that other lady and many more and come shot on a dress. You know, no wife (laughs) would have to put up with that. I say, don't lock her up make her president god damn it i'm sick and tired of people being worried about women pushing the button if we can handle you goddamn kids in a period goddamn it we can handle the nukes <laughs> perfect okay next beyonce oh my god okay i must say i'm a late comer to the game i'm a late adopter of beyonce because I did not know there was such a thing called the beehive, the bay hive, or some <laughs> thing. And I asked my gay friends last week, I really did. I met, I had a little party and I said, explain this Beyonce to me. He's very beautiful and gorgeous and talented. What's the obsession? I forgot to listen to the answer because what I do is I ask questions <laughs> and don't care. I must say, I think she is terrific. And I say she, and I'm. This is going to be controversial. She deserves better than Jay Z. I'm sorry, I said it. <laughs> I said it. She should have four husbands. She should have four, four. that wear hand and foot and do her bidding and her nails. That's it. Preach. <laughs> and her ass play. <laughs> yes, of course.
2: <laughs> oh my God, <gosh>. Chelsea Handler.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay, can I tell you? And I, this is public. I don't even care. Chelsea and I developed a talk show idea for me that we pitched to networks. And at the time, she, I, she was emotionally distant. And I always hit me like, wow. I thought we, I never thought we were friends. But we pitched this show, so I was like, well, we're mm-hmm. partners. And she was kind of emotionally distant. And about three years later, I show up to do one of her talk shows and she's super emotional and like not you know upset her and she's just like oh my god and there was a warmth coming out of her so okay something's going on then her book comes out where she talks about all the therapy she had and she was talking about how she was emotionally distant and the therapy broke her open and the big journey she's had and i became obsessed with her and i was like and that's why we get therapy and she really did it I'm like the biggest fan of her. She is a living embodiment of how you can go from that hard edge to someone who's super soft, but still funny. That's what's great about her. She can still be funny, which people are afraid, by the way, if they get help, they'll lose their talent. Mm. It it never happens. They never do. Beach. Yes. Okay, Viola Davis. Oh my God, I love her. I start, uh, you know, truth be told, I started her book. And I had to take a break because it's really rough. It's beautifully written, but she had a traumatic childhood. And I was like, okay. that's one of those books that I go, yep, we're going to get back to that when I'm in a really good mood. Because you have to almost. Yeah. But it is beautifully written. I actually sat next to her and her husband on an airplane to L.A. once.
2: Oh, wow. And I
0: oh I notice? know this. That- I mean, they were so cute. I kept like, because you know how JetBlue mint. Well, you guys don't know because you are poor. Yeah. (laughs) I did Delta One once. Yes. They have like one seat here in a pod, then two in the middle, and then another one. So I was in the one seat and then the two of them and I kept like being like this. And I was, I'm kind of not recognizable anymore, but I kept doing like a look over. And they were kind enough to smile. But I was like, you don't want to say anything to them. Same thing happened with Emma Stone. I totally want to say hi to Emma Stone. Basically, all I have to meet is Octavia Spencer, and I will have the entire help cast. <laughs> 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 Include, although Jessica Chastain is the best thing about that whole movie, let's be honest. <laughs> I love her. But anyway, I love Viola Davis. She's the real deal, man. Aww. She's a poor. She's the fucking OG, man. Any day yes. of the week. Viola, call me. We'll do work together. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Viola, are you listening?
0: Probably not.
2: (laughs) Likely
0: no. (laughs) Uh, Will Smith. Oh God! Don't get me started. I can't. (laughs) I fucking can't. I I can't find. Do I have to pass? Okay. No. Pass. I can. I'm not going to say what I don't like about him. I'm going to say something I do like about him, which is absolutely undeniable. I put off watching King Richards after the thing that happened at the Oscars because I was so upset about it because of comics being attacked as ridiculous. I put it off for two months. Then I said, you know what? This is supposedly great. You got to watch it. It was spectacular. Yeah. Roped me back in. I said, okay. But I have a real tough time separating art from artist. Like meaning I will never listen to a Michael Jackson song again. I will never watch so-and-so, James Franco, again. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's just me. People are allowed to do what they want, but it just hits me wrong to watch someone who's done shitty stuff. But I will admit, King Richard's top shelf, <laughs> also really good because of Aunt Viv.
2: Yes, <laughs> the original.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Cool. Okay, the- Kathy Griffin.
0: Oh my God, Kathy, Kathy is insane in the very best way. She's so brave and uncomfortable. It makes me so uncomfortable that she fights back with everybody because I can't. And she doesn't mind when people post crappy things about her and she addresses it. And I'm like, how do you not let anything bother you? So I don't know, she said to me, that doesn't bother me. Like she's way tougher than anyone I ever met. So I'm like, I don't have that. Like if somebody posts something shitty about me, I like totally cry, I'm all upset. I like go right in with the feelings. But boy, she's either a great actress who can pretend it doesn't bother her, or she's just a ballsy bitch. So I gotta say, I'll go with ballsy bitch for her. That's my girl.
2: Love that. Last one, Whoopi Goldberg.
0: Well, listen, she is clearly Hugely talented. She has every award you could possibly get. I don't watch this view. (laughs) I don't like this view because I don't like hearing other people's views. I like (laughs) to stay stuck in mine. So I've never liked that show. And there are a bunch of yentas talking about stuff. If I want to hear a bunch of complaining bitches, I'll stay with my Italian family. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that, whoopee because I don't watch it. I like her though because she's a kind person. I dealt with her a tiny bit on Celebrity Apprentice. She was really sweet. She was really a fan of mine, which made me almost die because I'm like, oh my God, do you even know who the fuck I am? Yeah. Oh. Crazy. But she's OG, man. When she did her Broadway show and all that character work, and I'll watch, I'm sorry, but I will watch Jumpin' Jack Flash in a second. Yeah. Sister, <laughs> Act, Sister Act, Sister 73.
2: Yes. Um, all 73. So <laughs>
0: that. So I'm not going to comment on The View because I want to do a show called The Rear View, and that <laughs> is what I'm working on right now. With the ass play.
1: Yes. That's what I was going to say. We're talking a lot about ass play, a lot about <laughs> rear. What are you thinking about, Lisa? Damn. Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. This was so much fun. You are amazing and funny and real.
0: So real and and (gasps) vulnerable. We love that about you. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. This really was fun. And it was cute. I love it. It was (laughs) cruel. Can you tell all... Sorry, what? Go ahead. Go ahead, please.
1: I was gonna say, can you tell our listeners where they can follow you and keep up on social media,
0: websites to keep up with your
1: projects?
0: Whatever. Well, it's so funny because I recently went private on Instagram. I know, you didn't even follow me back. I'm pissed. No, I don't follow (laughs) you back. I don't like that. I don't care what anyone's up to other than me and maybe (laughs) But no, I may unprivate it now because I had privated it a couple of years ago when I felt like I just needed to really, filter if anyone would say something mean. Like, I can kind oh, of handle it. it now a little better. So, um, I may unprivate it at Lisa Lampanelli. Just, you know, actually, people, if I haven't unprivated it by the time you hear that and you want to follow me on Instagram at Lisa Lampanelli, just DM me and say, hey, I heard you on this loser podcast, uh, Survival <laughs> twats <with laughs> Survival Trump. twats." You no, know, it's fantastic. <laughs> So uh, just send me a DM and I will approve you because they're friends of yours and that's a friend of mine. And um, I really don't do Facebook and Twitter and all that. I can't be bothered. So just kind of buy tickets for Trevi. We're gonna try to do this show if we like it. Again, it's all about liking it. If we like it, we're gonna do a bunch of little theaters and just have fun with it. So yes, hopefully I will see you there.
1: God. Yes. And if you're tuning in because you're a Lisa fan and you don't follow us, follow us at survival jobs pod on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. Follow my boy Jason at Jason A. Coombs. And I'm Sammy Toots. Sammy That Lisa, that that Lisa won't so. follow back. <laughs> I kind of love that.
0: Okay, oh, i'll follow me back. back.
2: So cute. Wow,
1: that is so Broadway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. This is amazing.